December. Does it matter? We don't release it on the day we talk. This is true. Welcome to Queen City Polly. It is your host, BB, and Coach K. Yeah. And we're on episode Quattro. See? That's four, right? <laughs> yes. yes. All right. Four in French is. Quatre. Cat- Cantors. Quatre. Quatre. Yeah. Un, deux, trois, quatre. I don't know. I don't speak French. It's been a while. I did French in high My school. My French is rough. I did three years of French. And all I know is Je m'appelle. Je m'appelle. Brian. Je adore. Yeah. Four in German is fear. Is it? Mm-hmm. I just know bitter. Bitter, bitter. All right. So episode four. Welcome. I hope y'all are enjoying your... Uh, it's probably a new year by the time you're hearing this. So welcome. 2018, you made it through the first year of the Trump years. Congratulations. Give yourself a pat on the back. Hopefully you're not incarcerated or... Or deported, <laughs> deported or, or anything like that, yeah. or you weren't touched by a weird white man, or any other man, or any other man for that matter. So welcome, we're glad to have you with us. Mm-hmm. We have a really great outline for you today. We're talking about impermanence. Am I saying that right? Impermanence. No. Impermanence. Impermanence. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't know, we're kind of a uh, we try to be pretty mindful in our life, and I follow. Um, Buddhist philosophies so things like impermanence comes up a lot because none of this is real (laughs) (laughs) this is all made up this is the world's not real that's not what impermanence is though yeah but it's the way I like to think about it it's like it's like the matrix right like you're just in the matrix and so it's all fleeting or whatnot Mm, it's not real because everything's always changing and we the stability is not real true yeah, um, yeah. One of the things that um, Aya and Aya is the monk that I see on the regular. Uh, she's a Buddhist monk. Why are you taking me out of this? I'm not Buddhist anymore. I don't go to Aya's. But I'm telling a story that I heard. <sighs> all right, fine. I don't think you've heard this story. I haven't been there all the times. So that's true. So she used to live in New York. Yes. And I guess she was either. I think she was in New York. When September 11th happened. Okay. And the first thing that came to our mind when the towers hit was impermanence because, you know, those were like solidified mm. in yeah. New York City. And when you thought yeah. of New York City, you thought you of that. Towers, like you never yeah. would have thought that it would one day go down. Part of the skyline. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just one of those things that whenever I think about, about this impermanence, like it's. Impermanence. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not. You think it's there for a long time, mm-hmm. but it's just there. For, I mean, it's there for a long time, but it's not forever. Yeah, like nothing's forever. Right. And I think. And it wasn't always there. Right. And it's not always going to be there. Right. Just like the house we're in right now. This yeah. time next year, it's not going to be here. No, nah, this shit is getting bulldozed. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what we do. Yeah, like no matter what we do. So funny story. Um, happy birthday to Coach K. Um, got a nice letter in our mailbox. Getting evicted. Well, we're not getting evicted. Stop saying that. <laughs> that we was pay, basically the note. We pay like, our get rent. Get the hell out. <laughs> like, getting you, evicted is like when you do something wrong. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, we paid stuff on time. They were just like... We were month to month after my lease ended, and uh, they want to sell the house. So we found a new spot a couple streets down, which we're really excited about. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Like I'm excited about it. I'm going to host some gatherings there, hopefully. Yeah, maybe even some CPN ones. Yeah, that would be dope. Yeah, have some Charlotte Poly Network folks over there but you know i'm so i'm excited because it's a poly 101s yeah it's a bigger spot yeah and it's still in close to the neighborhood so i don't have to relearn the roads and stuff like that because i like being in charlotte and i like being close to the area that we're at like near plaza midwood and stuff but Mm -hmm. i don't want to go back out to the suburbs where you know where dreams go to die so i don't want to go back there true true yeah Is that Rainbow? I think it might be. She'll, she's sleeping. Yeah. Rain's our puppy. Well, she's not really a puppy anymore. She's always my puppy. Yeah. But yeah, you might hear the dogs randomly growl or bark or dream, so. Yeah, or a car go by because we still record on my iPhone. Yay. Yeah. So yeah, impermanence. Um. What? The, basic, the basic idea is that, yeah, nothing... Let me give you the Wikipedia. Oh, you can keep talking. It's fine. Do you want to give it Wikipedia? The Wikipedia says impermanence is one of the essential doctrines and a part of the three marks of existence in Buddhism. The doctrine asserts that all of conditioned existence, without exception, is transient, evanescent, and inconstant. All temporal things, whether material or mental, are compounded objects in a continuous change of condition, subject to decline and destruction. And this concept of impermanence is also found in various schools of Hinduism and Jainism. Jainism? I don't know that one. But basically, it's not just that the physical house isn't always going to be here. It's also, you know, when you meditate or when you start watching the mind like your thoughts are not constant either um they're always changing and and they don't stay you know even even if you keep having the same thought over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and you get into your cycles it's not that that thought's staying it's Mm -hmm. that you're you're repeating a cycle of something but it's not it's impermanent as well yeah and from a relationship standpoint when you think about impermanence it's kind of it's it's scary for most people because we often make decisions based off of believing that something's going to be constant and mm-hmm. the future and right. security yeah and that your love is going to stay the same and or continue to grow and and whatnot mm-hmm. and yeah we're really obsessed with that like promise of tomorrow mm-hmm. yeah. like we want to lock it down and say like will you love me forever i mean think about marriage or I mean, even traditional, like, becoming exclusive with somebody, it's like, I promise to stick around. Yeah, and it's a hard vow to make to someone because even when you're making the vow, you're that person in that moment. But Mm -hmm. 10 years from later, like, from that moment, you are no longer that person. Mm -hmm. And you've made a vow, and you have to uphold these vows or else you're seen as a terrible person, right? Or, like, you're seen... And you're a hypocrite or you're a liar or you're not you're somehow like amoral or 
You're just a bad person who doesn't keep their promises. Right. And what's crazy is that I can't think of too many other areas of life where you sign this lifetime contract in that way. Um, I can't think of anything where you where you have to you've made a vow in this way and that it's unchangeable especially how emotional like it has become because Mm -hmm. traditionally you know a few hundred years ago even probably less than that marriage and that contract of forever was Mm -hmm. a very cold and unemotional contract right it was like Mm -hmm. we're gonna be married until we die but i'm not gonna like love you and have these warm fuzzy feelings for you forever (laughs) like that wasn't a part of marriage for a really long time right it was like just just, an agreement it was property you know yeah so now in very recent times we started conflating marriage also with like love so you want to capture this like highly volatile like emotional fiery state yeah and you want to trap it and you know you can't trap fire because then it dies like desire right it doesn't it's, want to be put in a box. That's the reason why we love it. And those yeah. warm, fuzzy feelings are so attractive because they are so transient. It's so hard, too, because it feels so good mm-hmm. to be in love and to have those feelings. And just you just want it to keep going. Yeah, it's a drug. Yeah. Like, you don't want it to stop. And a lot of us fall into the traps of um, just getting into, like, serial relationships in that way. Just jumping from NRE to NRE. Yeah. Because we just want to, and we've confused that with um, love that is sustainable over time, and NRE just isn't sustainable over time. Like it, like you will get glimpses of it. I think every if you stay in a relationship long enough, but it does take work, and it takes. Um, well, you have the, to be intentional, right? And the reason why NRE new relationship energy, the reason why that's so powerful and strong and you're you know you're on on drugs like you're you're have rose-colored glasses and you're so in love those feelings of extreme desire they come from this person could be gone tomorrow like i mean it's Mm, part of the uncertainty that makes it so fiery true like the i've heard of not there's another word for the other type of relationship energy of just like not old relationship energy but i forget what someone else has called it it's not, it's not compassionate it's like a I don't know it's one of those it's the love that kind of after the NRE phase yeah. of just like you being comfortable with somebody right, yeah. that kind of energy is different it's mm-hmm. not as fiery but it's also beautiful like you get to just like be in your sweatpants and feel really comfortable and right. you know each other really well yeah. and you know each other's bodies and you know the sex is different but mm-hmm. it's still great yeah. It's just different. And you can infuse novelty into it in different ways, but it's never going to be as novel as a new relationship where you don't know this person at all, and it's so new. And I think that's where the unicorn hunting comes from, too. How so? Because the person, the unicorn, is more like their... It's like the that person starts to stir the pot a little bit mm-hmm. and the now novelty. it's yeah the novelty comes back and now it's the relationship is interesting and brings mm-hmm. the couple together but the unicorn is sometimes like left out to dry because like 
they All forget right, like this. Is, yeah, like they forget like this is a person, like mm-hmm. not just here to like stir up your relationship. You know, if it's that, then go. I mean, granted, it's illegal in the United States, but go out and pay for something or someone knows that that's their job to to do that. But when it comes to like love and emotions and relationships, um, it has to be more than just that. Yeah. At least communicate to the person that's identifying as a unicorn. Yeah. So it's scary to think that you don't really ever, that everything's constantly changing and that you're not the same person you were yesterday even. And that's a really, really scary concept for most people. It's hard for me. Yeah. I got, well, I think it's hard for everyone. It's hard it's, for me too because like that's that uncertainty. But with that, with that fear and with that uncertainty comes pressure to be your best self. Or crawl into a hole or something, but it's hard to to continue and not live with regret mm. because when you made that decision in that moment, you were so sure of yourself. But then years later, you're looking back on it and you're just like, "Why? Like, why did I make that decision?" But mm-hmm. it's because you had all the information at that moment that you right. thought was a solid foundation of. A decision. Yeah, you have to forgive yourself for past decisions too, because it works in both directions, right? Like, you can't use all the actions you've done in the past as proof to continue on in the future, right? You're a different person, so you can't just say, "Well, I might as well stay in this marriage because I've been here for ten years." Like, that's a terrible reason. Yeah. That shouldn't be your reason. Like, who and that's are the you logic today? of a lot of married people is just that it's been they've been in that relationship for so long and that it's too difficult to start something new or do something different so they just stay in it and you get so much like social clout and um, appreciation for the number of years you've been with someone I mean I know in my previous relationship like you start saying five six seven years and people are just like wow like they literally like shudder at you and they're just like oh my god like you did something yeah and like the thought of starting over at zero is like, oh shit, like I failed, right? Yeah. There was a, was it Esther Perel we're, we're looking at? Maybe when they talked about pass and fail relationships, mm-hmm. because when I was talking about Gottman, they identify pass and fail by if you stay yeah. married. Pass and fail is, mar- it's Marriage, not it, yeah. it's not necessarily happiness and love and. Nope, it's stay together until you die. It's about staying together and the view of like longevity being the best measure of successful relationships yeah because that's the way the statistics are measuring it right Mm -hmm. it's because if you were happy you wouldn't get a divorce right and that's the easy math right like i think it just makes the research easier honestly i don't think it's a true illustration of relationships as they actually exist in the world and especially as poly people we've kind of rejected the notion of time being the best measure of a great relationship yeah because we we confront the reality of things changing a little bit more than typical monogamy right we're just like listen like i mean even when i'm talking to new potential partners or friends um about starting a relationship right and they ask you that like what do you what are you looking for what do you want and you have to kind of say like listen, like, I would love a person to be in my life forever. Like, I want things to go well, but I want us to be in each other's lives for as long as we both 
are happy and changing and growing and learning and if that stops or if we go in different directions like I'm saying I'm okay with that and I embrace that and I you know love and appreciate you and want you to go further on you know your journey even if it doesn't include me and that's really scary how do we deal with the scariness hmm because it all sounds great but then I think when there's a moment of or there's a time where things have to shift we're less likely to make the shift because we're so scared so mm-hmm. we'll just go back to what we know mm-hmm. and we'll stay in a relationship that should have ended true. for years because the unknown is just so scary true I think the first step is to really cultivate a lot of self-love and a better relationship with yourself and as hard as it is and as easy as it as it is to like sink into a relationship and get really comfortable or as hard as it is to maintain your own autonomy in a relationship or relationships you really need to that relationship with yourself needs to come first and you need to say like listen like you need to check in with yourself and even if you're in great relationships you need to be okay alone you need to just constantly confront that fear and say yeah. what if all, what if all of my partners I don't know something really horrific right like right. died in a car accident I don't know they're Jeez. gone all right. <laughs> <laughs> getting dark right but seriously this is what but this is how you whatever you got to tell yourself what if they all left me tomorrow whatever it is yeah. like am I okay am I okay in my life am I doing what I want to do mm. and that'll kind of tell you like are you holding back on this hobby because your partner doesn't like it are you yeah in a city you don't want to be in because your other partners are here like what are you doing that's not for yeah. you and not to say that you have to live a completely selfish life that's all about you but stay in touch with that the pieces of yourself that aren't tied to other mm. people i think when you get in relationships and form bonds with groups like families you do start to lose a identity of self because you are doing things more collectively for the group mm-hmm. and if it doesn't promote the group or isn't for the group then it's seen as selfish especially in this world and Mm -hmm. if you have children and things like that you know I know when I was doing my trips this summer I would get asked the question of oh is Kaylee or K coach K (laughs) (laughs) coach K coming with you and um I was like nah it's a like solo trip and people were just kind of like, one, they couldn't believe I was doing a trip alone because that's just weird, unheard of in general. And then also it's unheard of to do trips without your significant other. It it comes off weird to them, but they don't understand mm-hmm. like that's kind of like a thing that I do yeah, or need to mm-hmm. explore. Um, and it's not like it's not like a shot against you or any other partner or anything yeah. like that, but it's just it's just something that is important to me at this moment right. in my life. Right. Know? And it looks different to everybody, right? So like you're gonna want more solo time mm-hmm. to get in touch with yourself than I probably will. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I'm not staying connected to myself. Like I might not need as much time completely alone. I might be able to stay in touch with myself with a lot of other people around. Yeah. 
it's going to be hard and it's not and it's not going to happen automatically but everyone has different needs for completely solo time that's not all i mean i could be alone and learn nothing about myself and not be connected to myself too yeah that's true you could be alone and a person could just be in a state of wanting to mm-hmm. be around people and they're not learning anything about themselves mm-hmm so it's all about what you're doing with that time and checking in with yourself and yeah so we thought about this topic of impermanence because um poly polyamory just seems so unstable to people mm-hmm. whenever we talk about our relationships um people are always like oh my gosh like what's the first question they ask they ask like what if bb falls in love with someone else mm-hmm. what if you know coach k falls in love with somebody else like what if they leave you what if this happens what if that happens and it's all about thinking that non-monogamy and and polyamorous relationships that really accept and embrace the idea of someone falling in love with somebody else as so scary because they'll leave that fear of abandonment mm-hmm. yeah and that's usually the reason why most people I would imagine go towards the monogamous style because it's more of a guarantee. Well, it feels like a guarantee. It feels like, it yeah. feels like I have this person. Yeah. Even when they get married, it's like it's like we put up these little things to to be more of a guarantee. And I've heard people tell me it's mostly women that they don't think that they're going to get a divorce or anything like that because they're like a good wife. They do like wifely things like mm-hmm. are, are the traditional style things and mm-hmm. that they let their, not let their man, but like in their eyes, they see that they are the perfect wife. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they understand that if someone decides to cheat or something like that it's it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with them or how good they are they're just they could be the perfect wife and doing everything right and their partner can still leave them or fall in love with somebody else or be unhappy or you know like you the thing about all relationships monogamous or polyamorous or whatnot is that you know you don't have control of the other people Mm -hmm. they are autonomous individuals and things happen that have nothing to do with you emotionally physically psychologically all of it like there's things that happen that you can't control and buddhism and the concept of impermanence and and other concepts in buddhism really highlight the fact like of that desire for control not helping us and just really like letting go of that and and seeing what happens i know that when we first met there was a lot of uncertainty around what you were looking for Mm -hmm. and I was in a really good place um mentally and able to deal with a lot of that uncertainty it didn't really bother me as much Mm -hmm. but I think one of the reasons why we clicked and we worked so well is because you know I didn't have a box for you Mm-hmm. And I was okay with the change and the uncertainty. And I really embraced the fact that, you know, like, if today you're offering this, 
I'm going to say yes or no to what you're offering. And mm-hmm. if tomorrow you're offering that, I'm going to make a decision, yes or no, what are you offering? And yeah. um, just kind of being okay. Like, I didn't have this story in my head of this needs to be this big relationship. Right. You need to have my babies. Like Nothing like that, right? It was like, you know, this might be a, you know, summer fling and we might go our separate ways because you found a partner you wanted to go be monogamous with or whatever. You were in a strange place. You didn't really know what you wanted. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't have an idea of what, or my idea for what I thought my life would be mm. has changed drastically over the last, you know, year and a half. Um, but I was, I was kind of embracing that change and, and not putting too much stock in the future. I was just getting to know you. Yeah. It's it's something that's not planned, but then it's kind of like when things come up, you just have to go with your instincts of what feels right. Mm-hmm. Understanding that... And I think the hardest part is that people, when you ask them what they want, the answer is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that is the hard... There's a lot of pressure to say you do know. Right. So I I like when people tell me they don't know. Mm. I appreciate that honesty. Yeah. And, you know, you really have to go with the flow a lot of the times. Mm. When, when we were first seeing each other, it was... I was constantly checking in with myself. Like, does this feel good? Mm. How do I feel about this? Do I want more time? Do I want less time? Do I... How do I see this growing? Um, what if, you know, what does BBC in in his vision of what our relationship is, do those mesh well? It, it's kind of like, and stop putting so much stock in, I want this to go this way. You know, like you can't yeah, yeah. sit there and be like, this is how I want it to go so hard. You have to be like, hmm, I would like it to maybe go this way, but I'm, but not, not attaching to it so strongly. Yeah. Like, I have an idea of how I might like this to go. What do you think? And like really bouncing that kind of back and forth because the pressure of fulfilling those roles for each other when you barely know each other is toxic. Yeah. It's almost like taking the job. I don't know. It's like you just get into this position and then it just feels like you're responsible for making this person happy and fulfilling those dreams that they have anything less than that then you failed them and failed the relationship without even checking in to see like what did you want yeah and you don't even feel free to to keep that connection with yourself right because yeah. you're constantly like hmm i don't know maybe i want to move to another city but you don't even want to have that thought because you're like i don't think they want to leave and like yeah. you're you're checking in with them before you're checking in with yourself and yeah. realizing what you want and it's kind of like I don't know. Do you want kids? Or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you want to live together? And yeah. you get really easily into this cycle of just deferring to them mm-hmm. because you're so worried about the the couple or that relationship, that dyad, yeah. that you start slowly not checking in with yourself. And no one wants, like, I don't want you to do that. You don't want me to do that. It happens very naturally. There's this, like, social pressure to just be a unit. It takes a lot of work to stay separate and really have a strong identity within a relationship. 
it has to be a balancing act, right? Because mm-hmm. you, strong individuals make for a stronger group unit. Mm-hmm. And so there, there does have to be a sort of a sacrifice for the group, but also knowing thyself and what you have to do to strengthen yourself or feel complete or whole in this universe. Yeah. And sometimes those things are counteractive or counter um, productive to what the group needs. Mm-hmm. I, I think of the parents who have like a dead bed or I don't know, their whatever hopes and dreams they had had just been put on back burner for the betterment of the family and children. And I think that's what our generation, that's usually the scariest thing because we don't want to sacrifice the things that we like, like travel and, um, you know, just having like interesting like hobbies and things like mm-hmm. that for children and feel like we lose ourselves and we look up and our kids are teenagers and now we've fallen out of touch of what we actually even like anymore yeah enjoy yeah and it's kind of like when you were talking about it being stronger when you're two individuals instead of this like Mm -hmm. couple that keeps deferring to one another and no one knows themselves it's kind of like enthusiastic consent right Mm -hmm. like it's better when you both are all in but all in in a way where you're both individuals that know each other know know yourself really well so that you can say, yeah, I'm 100% there. And then you can say, yeah, I'm 100% here too. And then you can have this beautiful partnership. But if y'all are just like, yeah, sure, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Is that what you want to do? I don't care what you're doing. That's not as much yeah, fun. That was me for like a long time with my other relationship. Just because I was a people pleaser anyways. And a lot of times I don't necessarily have an opinion one way or another on certain things but especially when things there were things that bothered me that I would push back a little bit but then it wouldn't I would just be like yeah whatever Mm because I just didn't want to keep having that same conversation it didn't seem like the other person wanted to compromise Mm -hmm. or look at other things and like I said like I was just a people pleaser so I'm just it didn't it doesn't take much to like keep me happy so as long as I was like reading and running and listening to music and things like that like I was just kind of fine yeah but you had a low bar of happiness back then yeah I feel like like you tell yourself it doesn't take you much to keep you happy but I don't know you also describe that as a very miserable point you know like you found you found an outlet for the bad but I don't know if I'd call that happiness I guess I found a place that I felt comfortable with. Mm -hmm. That I didn't have to keep facing the reality of my situation. Mm. And I was able to just lose, not lose myself, but just kind of like, just find a happy place of like, all right, well, if I have to do this with this person, then as long as I have this in my life, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Like, regardless of what's happening around me, what clothes I'm wearing, whatever I'm doing, as long as I have this then I'm fine. And sometimes that's, it's really helpful for that. But then other times it can be um, toxic because 
the person that you're with isn't getting a whole person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did that for a long time in my yeah. previous relationship, too, where it was just like, I was like, okay, well, I only have control of myself, so mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure I'm fine, and I'm yeah. going to create these outlets for myself, and I'm fine, right? Mm-hmm. And you just keep telling yourself, I'm fine, I do this. I'm fine, I have this outlet. I'm fine, this person's not affecting me. And if you can cultivate enough of that strength in yourself, and mm-hmm. you start leading almost like a separate life, and yeah. you're like... and. I mean, it might keep you in that relationship a little longer, but at the same time, I think it gives you the strength to leave once you're ready. Because you're like, listen, like, wow, all these things are really good in my life. And mm-hmm. it kind of puts a magnifying glass up to that relationship and says, wow, this really is the bad part. Yeah. When you start, like, because a lot of times, if you're in a shitty relationship, you'll kind of let yourself go like you don't take care of yourself mm-hmm. you, you know you stop running you stop eating well you stop um reading you're just like watching tv and and your relationship kind of sucks right mm-hmm. and then you're just like oh well i'm not taking care of myself so i'm yeah. not gonna think too hard about if this relationship is terrible because i'm not even taking care of myself but then if instead you sit there and you say all right i'm gonna start running i'm gonna start reading i'm gonna do all the things i can do that are in my power to make myself really happy and feel really good about myself and you know get in the best physical shape i can get in and and treat my body well and treat my mind well and then see if that fixes the relationship at all and if it doesn't then you need to start having some tough conversations with yourself and your partner yeah those tough convos and love yourself enough to leave Because theoretically, you're in relationships with people that want the best for you. Supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. They love you. Even if so... it's not with me, right? right? Now, that's the true love right there. That's mm-hmm. what I call true love anyways. Is when that, as long as they're happy, even without me, then, you know, to me, that that's a beautiful way of mm-hmm. looking at life in person. Because you don't own that person. Like, mm-hmm. you don't they're not yours to make happy or like your person that's supposed to make you happy Mm -hmm. you know yeah that's my definition of like unconditional love right it's just like with or without me Mm -hmm. i love you as a human being i want you to go live your truth and if i can support that and be a part of that and i can make that journey easier and better and complimentary to you then i'm ecstatic right but if I'm holding you back in any sort of way and you're better off without me I love you so much that I want that for you more than I want Mm. to have you in a corner and you know keep you from being your best self yeah this I feel like this has to relate somehow to like other relationships and not just romantic relationships Mm. and can you see how that would relate to like family dynamics and friendships and yeah I mean cause I know people do that with friendships like they get really attached to their friends yeah and you can't change right yeah this is our friendship this is what we this do this is what we you do you can't stop drinking that's what we do together oh god don't get me on that <laughs> I'm saying that it's not just you like it's any sort of friendship that happens a lot like yeah. it, it, the things you always do or like yeah. I don't mean to pick on examples in your life but <laughs> um I don't know if what do I do with my friends? Um, if, you know, you suddenly stop 
mm-hmm. wanting to go to the dog park or something, yeah. then it becomes, well, what do we even do? This is what we do. This yeah. is our friendship. And it goes back to that impermanence thing, right? Where we don't, we, we think it's always going to be there. Yeah. And we might change and become people that no longer want to watch football on Sundays. And then we, it's scary because we might lose that friendship because that might be what that friendship Right, that's was like about. what you connect with. Yeah. And you kind of have to be okay with seeing, you have to be brave enough to be like, will this relationship, will we find another way to be? Or will we go our separate ways? And I think both of those are okay. Yeah. A lot of, uh, and not to change subjects, but a lot of addicts have that issue mm-hmm. because a lot of things that bonds them with the people around them is their mm-hmm. usage of certain substance and things like that. So once you've changed that about yourself, now where's the common ground between mm-hmm. you and these people? You really like these people. You enjoy being around them. And you want to take healthy measures for yourself. But it's like, now you have to form these bonds with other people that you might not even like that much, you know, or, you know, it's hard to find like a common ground between like friendships now and now that you're not doing this one thing. Yeah. Uh, And you didn't think that was the basis of your friendship. Yeah. But it turns out it kind of was. Yeah. Like shared interests and proximity is kind of the cornerstone of friendship. Yeah. Yeah. So it relates all around and I guess the same would be with family. Yeah, like your kids, you know, it's not your baby forever, right? Right. It's a baby and then it's a toddler and then it's a little small child and then mm-hmm. like I mean, I think parenthood is a great example of impermanence, right? Yeah. They become preteens and teenagers and then they become full-fledged adults and you have to constantly be willing and okay to Mm -hmm. recognize where they are now yeah and stop being stuck in the past and your children will one day be sexual beings yeah and that might happen sooner than you want it to and you have to i mean you know i guess you don't have to you can be a shitty parent but (laughs) you um you know you you should be be okay with that change and that impermanence because that's what you want, right? Your kids to be wonderful, whole human beings. And that change is going to happen fast and faster than you want it to. And you can't hold on in a healthy way anyway. Man, I'm going to have to send this episode to my mama. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> be nice to mom. You're always going to, I mean, your kids are always going to be your babies, right? I'm an right? child, though, so it's like... It's extra hard. Yeah. You are motherhood to her. <laughs> no, no pressure. I mean... <laughs> that's life, right? Whenever I'm down on myself of, like, whatever I'm doing in life, I'm like, I could be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And could really disappoint my mom. Yep. So, yeah. I think, you know, I'm not in jail. Oh, goodness. I'm not, yeah, I'm not in jail. That's kind of like one of the, like... That's your bar, huh? The bar. Oh, my goodness. Just don't go to jail. Says the person with a graduate degree supporting himself. That's true. You're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) These are my thoughts. All right. We need to wrap this thing on up. All Um, right. Well, yeah, we just wanted to talk about impermanence a little bit and and have you think about 
what kind of changes you're so resistant to and and what do you find comfortable and what do you think is always going to be there and realize that that's a lie and before you go crawl into a hole and get scared just realize that it's okay that's what makes life life and interesting and it as scary as it is it's that's the possibility that's the it's the what, beauty. It's what makes life, life worth living. Mm-hmm. If everything was going to go the way you planned, like, it would be boring. Like, it's the, it's the bumps in the road. It's all the variables that can happen that makes life, life. Set your intentions, but just know that things are subject to change. You can only change, you know, what you, what's in your capabilities of yourself and your actions but you know life is going to continue to move with or without your your, your consent right <laughs> like yeah. it's just going yeah. and so you just got to you just got to ride the waves like this that's the yeah. thing i've been seeing lately is just ride the waves mm-hmm. and as things come up you have to make little decisions about how much involvement you want to have with people and don't feel guilty about your decisions yeah. Don't feel obligated to always keep them around if it's no longer working for you. Yeah. You know, love yourself enough to say, all right, it's no longer working for me. Yeah. And what helps me sometimes when I get really caught up in, like, the future thoughts of, like, oh, what if this happens and this happens and this happens is to tell myself, well, it's never gone the way I thought it would. So True. if I think that that's how it's going to go, I can guarantee it's not going to go that way. Yeah. It never has. Yeah. So... Last message is to just, what you said, this is your life, so, you know, you're the driver of your life. You decide how you want to relate to people, how you want to be with people, and just, like I said, it's it's a constant more of just getting in touch with yourself Mm -hmm. and just knowing that everything is subject to change. Um, Love people for who they are right now. Yeah, love them for who they are today, Um, not for what you feel like they have the potential to be, to change you cannot change anyone. I repeat, you cannot <laughs> change anyone. So just understand that while you're with this person, this may be what you get for quite some time. So um, just be comfortable with that. Yeah. All right. The plugs. Let's see. Twitter at Queen City Polly. Follow us. Instagram at Queen City Polly. Follow us. Um, y'all ain't been emailing us. We need some emails so that we can respond to some of your questions. So send email to queencitypolly at gmail.com. You can follow BB at Cultivating Dopeness on Instagram. You can also follow me on Twitter at Cultivating Dope. And you can go to my website, cultivatingdopeness.com, for my blogs that are inspirational and they make you feel good. Um, and all that good jazz. What are your plugs? We are now online. We have a website. Yeah. Queencitypolly.com. Yeah. Check that out. Um, It'll have links to all the podcasts as well as um, some blog posts and some episode descriptions and anything we talk about we'll try to link to. Um, and you can comment on the episodes from the website as well. Ask us some questions on there. We have links to all the social accounts and whatnot on there. If you yeah. can't remember whatever we just told you. Yeah. 
and they're following you at Coach Coach K, uh, K A E Y. And that's on Instagram. That's on. That's on. I think that's on Twitter. On Twitter. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and then I mean, it's all on the website. Just go to QueenCityPoly.com and yeah. follow those. Follow all that stuff. Also, really dope. We're on the Apple Podcast now. Yes, you can listen to this on iTunes. Yeah, so you can listen to this on your uh, on your iPhone thingamajigger, and just go to podcasts on your phone. And what's important is to subscribe to us at Queen City Poly and write a review. Anything less for five less than five stars, I'm coming for you, bruh. Like, <laughs> don't play with me. Give me five stars. So we, we appreciate get... you. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> and search for Queen City Poly. Um. On the podcast app, if you can't, if it doesn't like come yeah. right up, search for Queen City Poly, and uh, yeah, we're still on SoundCloud. That's what we'll be update uploading the content, but it'll go to iTunes as well. Yeah, and just keep sharing stuff. Keep uh, keep sharing everything around. Keep yeah. the discussion going. Um, I really appreciate when people reach out and give me words of advice for the podcast and things like that. So keep keep doing that stuff. I listen to a lot of it. Some of it, I I don't care. But you know, mm-hmm. like you take the information and you and you do what you can with it. So yeah, and let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Yeah, we'll take all kinds of advice and and requests. So uh, appreciate y'all rocking with us. Episode four. Stay tuned next week. Episode five. We don't have like a outline yet, but we'll have something. We'll have something awesome. Always. Peace out. Later.